0: Welcome to Salem First Assembly podcast. May this week's message by our guest speaker be a blessing to your life in helping you to grow in your understanding of God's word, strengthen your faith, and equip you to become all that God has created you to be.
1: Look at your neighbor and say, you look great. Come on, tell them, you look great. This morning, this morning, we are going to... Um, talk about living life with a mission just before we get into our co- missionary convention. You're going to hear me talk about mission and missional. The word missional comes from where we get the word missionary and is one who's sent. And each one of you have a mission. You are to be missional in your life. If you get up in the morning and yawn, ugh, And you say, oh, what am I going to do today? I don't know what I'm going to do. That is not a missional life. A missional life has a focus. A missional life knows you're here for a reason, to shine your light and your salt to someone. I talk to many people, and they have loved ones and friends, and all of a sudden, suddenly their friend dies. Or suddenly a family member dies. And then they're in my office telling me, I never shared Jesus with them. I just, I wanted to, I meant to, but I never really told them about eternity, or I never told her about eternity. One of the greatest messages that's out there is the message of the gospel. And that message can transform lives. Look at your neighbor and say he's talking about you. You have been transformed. If you have made Jesus Christ your Savior, and if you have asked him to forgive you of your sins, and you have dedicated your heart to fully obey his word, his ways, his will, there's a transformation that takes place. Let me tell you a little bit about missional, a life of mission. This story comes from a missionary who ministers in Africa. He tells the story that there was a blind woman who couldn't read or write and she came to the Lord Jesus Christ and she was excited she had experienced the transformational power of the gospel so here is this lady who's blind cannot write cannot see cannot read and so a couple days later she came to the missionary and said do you happen to have a bible in french and so he said yes and so she gave the missionary gave the woman a uh, Bible in French. He said, could you underline John three sixteen in red and then mark it in the Bible to a page where I can find it? So he did. And the lady went off. The second day he was wondering, he kept on seeing, he said for two days, he kept on seeing the lady leave the place and go somewhere. So she decided, he decided to follow her. She went down to the school. And just as school was ended, she would go to the door and she would look at the young men and call out to them and say, do you know how to read French? And so they would say, yes. And so she would say, can you read this for me? And so she would open it up to John 3.16 and they would read John 3.16 in French. And then she would say, do you know what that means? And then she would declare the promises of God to the young man. 24 of the people who came to the Lord became pastors because of this woman who had a mission to change lives because God had changed hers. I want you to get this because we so much live our lives so focused, so focused on us. It's really all about us, what we want to do and what this and this and this. And it's good to have goals, but if it's not his goals, we can fall short. We can be doing things but not fulfilling our life because we're filling it with stuff. Look at your neighbor and say stuff. We we live in a world today that's full of stuff, full of stuff. So what's important to you? What's important to you? The difference between what we say and what we do is huge. We all know that. How many times New Year comes along and you make these New Year resolutions? How many of you made a New Year's resolution this year? Come on, raise your hand. Huh? I mean, second question, how you doing with it? Because the reality is, unless you are all in, then sometimes it's just a wish. And many of us wish we would do this or do that. And sometimes we say a lot and do a, lot, a little. So what is your purpose in life? I ask this many times throughout the years to you. What is your daily purpose in life? What, what are you to do? B, what does God want you to do? What does God want you to say? Who does God want you to talk to? Who in your family are you talking to? Or have you started, but maybe you stopped? You've got to ask the question, what is purpose? Because as we go three weeks and emphasize on missions, we need to re- realize ourselves that God has called us to be missionaries. I mean, there's a calling, yes, But we all are called to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Someone say amen. Amen. And the reality is statistically, statistically, only 3% in the church of God is sharing Jesus, going up to people and actually sharing their faith. 3%. Could you imagine if it was 100%? Do you not think that if everybody was sharing their faith, everybody has a story, but if we were all sharing our faith, do you think things could be different? It could most definitely be different. I want to challenge you today. If you've been with me on journeys and stuff, you, as Rhett says, yeah, there's things that take place because I talk to people. I get into their lives. I ask them questions. I, I, I'm interested in them. I'm not trying to coerce them. I'm genuinely interested in them, and I'm generally interested in their eternity. That's all it is. I don't have to know you. I don't have to agree with you. I just let you know that I'm concerned for you in eternity. Because one day, every breath is going to stop. And when your breath stops, eternal life begins. And so I want to just look at purpose for a second. Define purpose the reason which something is done, made, or it exists. The purpose has an intended desire. When you have purpose. You know, a screwdriver has purpose. How many have ever worked a screwdriver? Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand. If you've ever had a screwdriver in your hand? Yeah. <laughs> Almost everybody's had a screwdriver. Juan, have you had a screwdriver? Yeah, okay. Paula? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, now, watch this now. Almost everybody had a screwdriver in their hand at one time or another. How many have ever used a screwdriver on something that wasn't a screw? Raise your hand. <laughs> is it funny? But see, there are some things in life that was designed with a purpose, but sometimes that purpose can be used for other things as well. But it's nothing like when it comes together for what it's meant to do and be. If you have purpose, the sex, the the next thing that takes place is passion. Passion. Because purpose breeds passion. So let me ask you, the the other question is, what's your passion? What are you really crazy about? What's your passion? What's the thing that just really, really you feel strong about? Because passion is a strong feeling of enthusiasm. Excitement for something or about doing something. You have passion, you know? A person who wants to win a, a race, man, has passion so they get out there and they run every day. Every day, in the rain, in the cold. And if you ever watched anybody in the cold, in the rain, they're running, you're like, wow, they're passionate about running. But what are you passionate about? And how much time do you spend in that passion? Because a lot of people, they're, in our world today, people are passionate to make money. They'll make money. But money is going to all leave, and money is losing its value. So you're spending all your time on something that's starting to lose value. You know, does anybody bear witness with losing value? <laughs> You haven't seen nothing yet. <laughs> Definition of missional. Relating to a religious missionary. God's people are seeking God when we need something. And I think sometimes that when things come our way, I often say, God, Do you purposely do certain things because we have lost our purpose, we have lost our passion? Because then a problem rises up. And when a problem rises up, what happens? We now want to find purpose. We now want to find passion. God uses it as a tool to draw you to Him. And this is a good tool. It's a good thing. How about if I said this? If I went through the Bible... Who are some people that you would think they were missional? People who lived missional. People who lived with a life of focus, a life of mission. Would you say Noah? If it wasn't for Noah, look at somebody and say, if it wasn't for Noah, you wouldn't be here right now. Go ahead. If it wasn't for Noah. How many times do we just say, God, thank you. I want to thank you for Noah. (laughs) Because in the reality, Noah lived in a very evil time. That the Bible says that every thought in the human race was evil. And yet Noah was righteous. And then God comes up to Noah and says, Noah, I want you to build an ark. And this was, this was what Noah said. What's an ark? He ended up building a ship, an ark, that has never ever been built. It hadn't even rained yet. But God gave him a mission. And for the rest of his life, he became missional. One year, a hundred years building the ark. A hundred years. You and I, that's a lifetime. But a hundred years he spent missional, keeping to what the Lord asked him to do. Be on that ark with a bunch of animals for one whole year. Missional. Abraham, Genesis 12, God says, Leave all your family. And go, and I'll show you where I want you to go. God doesn't give him an address, doesn't give him any information. He says, Pack up your goods, leave your family, and leave. Now, God said that to me, but He gave me an address. It made my journey of packing up easier because He told me where I needed to go. And when He did that, I had clarity. I really didn't have clarity to tell you the real truth. I've t- I shared this story because when, my, when the Lord said to me, I want you to continue your education, I said, fine, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he said, go to Missouri, Springfield, Missouri. And I didn't know where Springfield, Missouri was. So I went home and I said, hey, God wants us to leave, sell everything and go to Springfield, Missouri. But I don't know where the school is. I know about the school, but that's all I know. And she showed me and I said, that is in the middle of our country, and so I learned what biggins were. I learned how to milk a cow. I learned a lot of stuff in Missouri. That's what they say, you know, they go Missouri. <laughs> so, but Abraham was asked to leave everything. And he did. Moses, for 80 years of his life, he was going through things. 40 years in Egypt's household, 40 years in the desert, and the last 40 years of his life, 80 years old. Anybody 80 years old here today? God started his greatest plan when he was 80. Did you get that? 80. And he said to him, I got a plan, and I want you to be missional. And what God did in Moses is incredible. How he then went and conquered A major country, by the power of God and the rod of God, brought the people out, and then had an an, an, he had this incredible encounter with God on a continuous basis. But at eighty, he had his burning bush experience. Let us tell you something. I don't care how old you are, God wants to do something in your heart if you're only willing. If you're only willing. If you're paying attention to what God's trying to say, if you give God attention, you know, when when God's trying to speak, you give God attention because that's what happened. How about Mary and Joseph? Mary and Joseph was living their life, had plans, and God gave them a mission, gave them a mission to be the mom and dad of the earthly Jesus, a mission. I don't know about you, but we have to learn to be missional. So let me just share a few things with you this morning. Jesus' life was missional. Would you everybody say amen to that? I mean, Jesus came because he was on your mind. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. How often do you think of those who are not saved? How often do you think about your neighbor who doesn't know Jesus? How often do you think about uh, the people on the street that don't know Jesus? How often do you think about the person who's complaining and lying about they need Jesus? There's people all around this world that do not, do not understand the gospel. We have children who come into this place who literally don't know about Jesus Christ. Crazy, isn't it? In this time, in this age, when we have more books, more videos, more of everything, and yet there's an ignorance towards the word of God. Families just don't teach it. It's kicked out. It's kicked out of the family. It's not taught. It's not caught. And therefore, they do not know. But I want you to look at this portion of Scripture right here. In John chapter eighteen thirty-seven, You are a king then, said Pilate. This is when he was talk- Jesus was talking to Pilate. And Jesus answered, You are right in saying, I am a king. In fact, for this reason, I was born. And for this, I came into the world to testify to the truth. Whoever, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. And here's the thing in our world. Today, do people want truth? See, so see, that's the problem in our world. People don't want truth. People want nice, wonderful words that is good for them. That's right up their alley. But the truth of God's word. If you want to grow, you've got to get the truth of God's word. It's important to get the truth of God's word. It's important. David Livingstone was a... Pioneer a missionary to Africa. And he walked over 29,000 miles as he was a missionary. And during his missionary trip, his wife died. You know what he prayed though? You wanna talk about missional people? Jesus was missional, but Jesus rises up missional people too. People with a mission, people to know that they're not just here to live for themselves. There's nothing wrong with that, but it can't be just that. It ha- God has to be first. Someone say God first. God first. This is what he prayed. Send me anywhere, Lord, but only go with me. Lay any burden on me, Lord, only sustain me. Sever any ties, but the tie that binds me to your heart and to your service. That's a person who's missional. That's a person who's all in. It's really important for all of us to kind of capture that and understand that. Look at this portion of Scripture, John 10, 10. The thief comes to only steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give you life and have it abundantly or full. This is exactly why Jesus Christ came, because he knows there's an enemy of your soul, and the enemy of your soul wants to steal, kill, and destroy everything that God has for you. But he has given you what? Abundant life. But if you want to just... Not receive everything that God has, then I, I don't know what to tell you. Look at this is one of my favorite scriptures in Luke nineteen ten, that the Son of Man had came to seek and save that which was lost. You were lost, weren't you? Someone say amen. amen. Jesus came to seek you. He came to seek and then give you the answer you need, give you the solve the um, resolution to your life, to save you, so that you would no longer be lost. Jesus Christ came because man was separated from God and there needed someone to forgive their sins so that we could get right with God. That's what sin, sin separates us. And the more we sin, it separates us. We have a world today that doesn't want God. And the only time they want God is when tragedy comes and they say, let's pray. But they have no time for God whatsoever. If catastrophe takes place in our world tomorrow, you would hear people say, oh, we're praying. We're praying for people. We're praying. Sometimes we say we're praying, but we're not really praying. People are not really praying. They're not really seeking. They're just going through the motions. Going through the motions. And there's so much in the church today that people are just going through the motions. It's not live. It's not real. And they're not connected. They're just going through the motions. But when they go through the motions, they're not going to receive the power that God has by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you want the power, you've got to plug in. Isn't there a commercial out there? about plug it in, plug it in. And when you plug it in, plug it in, you get a nice smell in your house. (laughs) You understand the commercial? I guarantee when you plug it in, plug it in, you're going to have an aroma that happens in your heart and life because Jesus is going to fill it. But we got to plug into the source. This scripture was in your bulletin and I wanted you to grab hold of it because Isaiah is having a vision and this is the vision Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? God is looking for individuals for particular work. Who should I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here am I. Send me. And then the Lord said, go and tell this people. But let me share the three dots that I have there. Is It's a people who are not going to listen. It's a people who have the form of religion but not connected. It's the one that may be in church but not connected to God because everything else seems more bright and glorious and I'm going to go for the gusto. Oh God, I love you, but you know what? I'm not all in. And this is where we're at as a country and I'm going to challenge you today as a church to be all in, to be missional in your life. You only have one life to live. And that's it. It's over. I've seen so many times when people get older, you know what they do? They start trying to eat right. Most people try eating right after they have a heart attack. Most people start eating right after they have some type of health problem. then all of a sudden, oh, I can't eat that no more. So I already had two heart attacks already, so I'm staying away from the grease stuff. I have an idea. I have an idea. Stay away from the grease stuff way beforehand so you don't have a heart attack. Isn't that preventive? How about this? Instead of waiting for us to get into a problem, let's get really connected to God that even though when problems do come and winds do come, you have God with you. God's in your court and you go through because you've got the joy of the Lord even when the winds do blow. That's missional because the same God who's with you in the calm seas is with you in the rough waters. It's missional. You're having life with a mission. And God has given us a mission. God has given you purpose. God has given you the power. God has given you all that you need, but you just got to really start connected and don't let your circumstances be what you look at. I can totally understand with the power of circumstances. But I also can totally understand the power that comes with the favor of Jesus Christ. Look at your neighbor and say, that was a good place to say amen. (laughs) So what is our purpose? What is our mission? Well, we've seen this so many times, but let's see it one more time. In Matthew chapter 22, 34 to 40, beautiful portion of scripture. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees and the Pharisees, they got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in all the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with, and this, and with all your soul and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then he went on. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law of the prophets hang on those two commandments. 613 laws of the Jewish laws, God, in his wisdom, took two and said, in these two, everything else falls in there. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Think about that for a moment. If we could just do that, saints, as we live and have our being, if we could really care all about the things of God and care about people like we care about ourselves, how, what type of believer would you be? If you really put some other people first, even before yourself, as Second uh, Philippians chapter 2, 3 and 4 says, to esteem others higher than yourselves. Don't only look on your own interests, but the interests of others. Christianity is, this is what it's about. And as we enter into our mission moment, I'm praying that God would do the miraculous in the moments of your life. I'm believing for the miraculous to show up. I'm believing for God's power to show up and show off because God's people seem to be lackadaisical and even believing that his power is even real because of the world out there. God is so real. He's over it all. We need to grab hold of it, saints. We need to be missional. So many times, so many times, I I feel the, the, the words of negativity. But you know, I don't know what God's doing, but that's not good. How do you know? He's not done yet. Are you dead? If you're not dead, that's a good thing. I mean, there's still, God's not done yet. He's still writing your story. Isn't that good to know? If you're still alive, that means he's still writing your story. There's still something good. Look at your neighbor and there's something good. Because he's a good God and he's on your side. I don't know about you, but as I get older, I'm getting a little bit more feistier. Because he's a God who's real. And the problem is, we look at our circumstances and situations, and that's where we park. That's where we stay. We put it, park, not leaving. Yeah, don't, wanna, don't think it's worthy. I don't want to go there no more. I've been hurt. That's it. felt so that Jesus was hurt. They no, he just hurt him, but they killed him. And yet, while on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Wait a minute, so what excuse do we have now? If God, our, our Savior... The one who saved our soul, because if he didn't do that, you and I would be big doo-doo. So if God so loved us while we were yet sinners, what does that place us in? It places us in the accountability before God, because freely we have received, freely we must give. And the problem is, we have to Stop. Focused on ourselves as a dying world, and we as a church, we as a church have to come together and say, you know, what can we do for our community? What can we do for people who are hurting? What can we do to be a strength in a time when individuals are weak? Not what they can do, not what they can do. No, no, what can you do? Everybody likes to pass the buck. I think I'll tell you, if someone was passing the buck, everybody get in line because everybody just wants to get the buck. I, I don't know about you and you and I, I don't know, but I, I just think this is so important that we have a message from our Messiah. We have a message. I turned everything down a long, long time ago because nothing's more important than the gospel of Jesus Christ. Nothing. Nothing at all. Because then I have been blessed so much just doing what I'm supposed to be doing. God has done beautifully. I still feel like a young teenager. <laughs> no, I really do, actually. I do. I feel like a young teen. I bless the Lord. I can still, some of you teenagers, I can still handle no problem. I can, I can still, I can still, I can still hang, they say. I can still hang. <laughs> Let me tell you a story. A true story of a, a missionary who gave up his job. He was making $2,500 a month at his job. And he went to be a missionary. Well, the company really missed him as he went. And so they wrote him a letter and said, Hey, listen, uh, we're going to pay you $5,000 a month if you come back and work for us. We really see a need for you. you. You have the expertise we want. But the missionary never responded. Again, a little while went by, and the company sent him another, and finally he raised it up and said, we'll pay you $7,500 a month if you come and back to our company because we really need you. He never responded. He continued to do what God had called him to do. Again, got another letter. This time they offered him $10,000 a month if you just come and work for the company. But he never responded. Finally, the company calls him up. And said, hey, uh, how you doing? All the small talking. And finally they get right to it and say, we sent you three letters and offered you three proposals, but we never heard anything from you. And we're just wondering, is it the salary that's holding you back? And he said, and the guy, the missionary, he just said, no, it's not the salary. You see, everybody's worried about the salary. The problem is they miss the major. Guy's at control of all things. You do it God's way, you'd be blessed. But this man had it. This man knows it. I understand this mentality. He said this, the, what you're offering me is not the problem. I've never had a problem with your offer. I already had a problem that what you're offering me, the job is too small for me compared to what I'm doing. You see, when you are working for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, you can't get no better job. You can't get no better servant. You can't do nothing better than to serve God with all your hot mind and soul and to be missional about all you do. Everybody wants to get their name out. They want people to oh, that person there. They want to puff themselves up. But God's looking for people who want to be humble and, and just low and real like God, no. I want you to be lifted up. Everybody wants their name. Everybody wants a, their fame. But God's not looking for the ones who want the name and the fame. God's looking for the one who just wants to serve. His Moses. His Moses, left in the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years. That's not a short period of time. But in that 40 years, Moses got to the point where he was now moldable. He was now ready to do something so important. And he had a humble heart to the point. To the point is, he felt like he couldn't do the job. Hey, Lord, get my brother. He speaks well. God gets angry at him at one point. Because he said, who made the tongue? Who made the lips? See, you have to understand. Stop looking at your capabilities. And you look at your capabilities, you're going to defeat yourself. And the enemy will be right there to say, yeah, you can't do it. But I don't believe in can't. You know that I, I believe in can, because with God all things are possible. Look at your neighbor and say Amen. Don't get me preaching. I got a can right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> you see, what's so important is you got to grab hold of this portion of Scripture in 2 Corinthians. This is powerful. You have a call and you have a mission. 2 Corinthians 5, 18, following. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Mm -mm. This is so powerful. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us, he has committed to you and I, the message of reconciliation. We are, therefore, Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. You want to talk about how God sees us and what he has given us responsibility over? My, my, my. Watch this. We implore you on, behalf of, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin he made him with no sin to be sin for us so that so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Oh, this is such a powerful portion of scripture. That God has made you his spokesperson. When you came to him, when you asked him to come into your heart and then he just didn't get you saved. He didn't get in the right position with God. He then said, I want you to be my spokesperson. Wow. I want you to speak on my behalf. I have so much confidence in you. I am giving you the gospel that changes life and the power of the Holy Spirit to do whatever you decide to do because I am with you. The prophet Nathan said to David, go ahead and do it for his hand is with you. And when you get the hand of God with you, you can do all things because his hand is with you. But do we believe his hand's with us? You have to believe it to really receive it. You have to know it. And when you get it in your heart, you're going to live differently. You're going to see things differently. You're going to speak differently because your God rules and reigns and he rules the house. Where God is, God will do great works. Where his peace rules, he will rule because his peace will be made known. God is with us. I, I, I'm amazed. That God has entrusted me to proclaim his word. But I am amazed that he would trust any of us with this great, great gospel. You know, he didn't take angels to do this. He took, he called you and I. He made us ambassadors. We got to get this and understand this, that we're speaking for God. But here's the question, here's the question. Are we opening in our mouth... And are we sharing with those who do not know Jesus? Or are we so timid and we're so afraid? I don't want to offend them. To what? What are you offending them to? There's a hell and a heaven. Is there a second hell that we don't know about? Or another heaven that we don't know? I'm afraid to offend them. No, you love them in truth. You just love them. You ask questions. They'll ask you questions back. And the bottom line, the bottom line, what are you gonna do with Jesus Christ? Is he gonna be your savior, or you desire for him to be your judge? What do you want? What do you rather have? And if you don't understand, what don't you understand? How can I help you? These are simple questions. And from that we will determine where the conversation goes, but I like this, I like this. Great relationship starts by when you just simply care for people. You can come up with a great friend simply because you start talking to him about the Lord. And then as you talk and you share, they become almost part of your family. That's what God wants you just to care and share. It's not hard. We have to be missional people. For Christ was missional. What did he say in the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28? We all know this. And Jesus came unto them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, therefore, go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded. And surely I am with you even to the end of age. Man, these are things, and there's so many more, but I wanted just to bring simplicity this morning to simply say, Are we doing it? People come up to me and say, you know, it's so simple, Pastor. And here's my problem. I've been doing this for a long, long time. We're not doing the simplicity. We still have plenty of people around us. And I ask them, well, you've been sharing Christ? Well, no. Why not? Well, I just don't think it's the right time. When, when, when is the right time? Then if they die suddenly, do you wish you had made a time? You just ask a question. It's not hard. You know? Hey, I just came from church. It was great. How come you don't go? Conversation. Just ask them a question. Just want to know why. Just curious. Oh, has, any, you know, has anybody ever hurt you? or you know, Are you against Christianity because someone's done something? Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry. What did they do? And they tell you. And maybe you can understand why they are the way they are because of what they've been through. That's okay. And you just let them know that God's quite different than people. Someone say amen. God gave us, he says, all authority has been given in the name of Jesus. And then he says, make disciples, baptize, and teach. Make disciples. The only way you're going to make disciples is you're going to have to teach them. And they're going to baptize them when they get to the point where they say, I have decided to follow Jesus. And if you are not baptized, we're getting ready to have a baptismal coming up. And if you're not baptized and never been baptized, you need to be baptized. That's the first step of developing and growing even deeper in God. That's the first act of obedience. Be baptized. So if you haven't been baptized, you need to be baptized. Let us know. Call us at the church office. We'll put you on the list. It's important. Then he gives us a promise. I am with you. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Has God promised to be with us? Not just here, but in other areas of Scripture. Yes. But we don't always believe it. We don't always believe it. Because sometimes our circumstance and our situation is hard. It's difficult. It's not easy. But God said he is with us. Hebrews 13.5 says, I never leave you nor forsake you. Wait a minute. Is he with you? Has he promised never to leave you? Yes. That's a promise. God don't break promises. Someone say Amen. Say amen like you really mean it. (laughs) It's beautiful. We believe that eating and exercising is good for our bodies. Everybody says amen? But do we do it? Do we have that extra donut when we say one donut per uh, week is enough? We say, hey, I love that person. Oh, that person is really important to me. Do we express that to that person? Do we do things for that person? Does our behavior of what we say match up to what we do? Does what we do match up to the words in which we say? It's amazing. We know prayer, Bible study, reading, studying is important for our spiritual growth. We all know that. But do we put ourselves in the position to pray, to read, to study so that the Spirit of God can really minister to us so that we can become more of God, more like God? The more of God that you desire in your life, the stronger your walk will be. And not, you know, sometimes people will hear something and fight against it right away instead of gaining knowledge of the whole story, of the whole deal. There's so much more. When I meet and talk with my brothers who are in foreign lands, people understand things differently. It doesn't make it wrong. It just makes that they understand and see things differently. You have to understand where a person is in order to help them from where they're at. Your presupposition on what you think, and that's why you call something wrong, without understanding the whole thing, can cause problems in your effectiveness with people. So it's all about what do we do? And if we do it, do we do God's word and read because we feel like we have to? I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to read my Bible. I'm supposed to pray. Eh, really? It's like your friend saying, yeah, I'll help you. I'm supposed to be your friend. I guess I should show up. How would you like if you had a good friend and they said, yeah, I'll help you. I don't really want to, but if I'm going to be afraid, I'll be there. You can, I guess you can count on me. I'm not really crazy about it. You know, you probably want to invite that person to help for next time, because you know what, they, they're they not really all in. You're like, well, excuse me, if you're, if you're that much of a trouble, then go do something else, and I'll get it done. Let me close with this. Definition for commitment is the choice of being dedicated to someone or something. Making commitment involves a decision of dedicating your whole being to someone or something. And we have to ask ourselves... If we are truly, if we are truly, 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 truly committed to God, then have we truly surrendered our heart to God? I mean, even in those areas of, like, if he asks you to do something. I mean, have you, are you open? In the, in the, in the time, time to come, we're going to do this series. I can't wait. It's changed my life. But how would you like God to show up every day of your life? How many? Raise your hand if you like to see God show up every day of your life. Great, great. Don't miss, don't miss You Were Born for This series. In that aspect, in that aspect, if you want that to take place, you have to make room. If you want that to take place, you're going to have to do something you're not doing. Ooh, ooh, pastor, that hurts. I don't know if I want to do that. I like comfort. I like my comfort chair. I like my coffee and tea just right. I don't know if I want to leave my chair. You don't want to leave your chair. You're not going to be able to grow because you have just stifled yourself on not leaving the comfort zone. Nobody ever grows in a comfort zone. You got to get in God's holy zone. And I hate to tell you this, but God gets you outside the box. He always gets you outside the box. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, you want to get outside the box? (laughs) I have this thing on my desk. And it's a little man. And he's on a little pole. And he's on the outside of the box. And sometimes God thinks outside the box. It doesn't make sense sometimes what he does. And sometimes he'll have us do something. He'll have you sometimes say, go talk to that person, and I want you to ask them about their family. Or go up to that person and say, hey, you're hurting, what's wrong? Going up to a stranger and telling someone, hey, you're hurting, what's wrong? And you don't know them, not always the most comfortable thing in life to do. But when you do it, you see what God can do. I have seen what God, just being obedient to what God wants us to do. But we have to share if we care. Commitment to God is seeking to do what the Lord has called us to do. It's meaning rooting out anything that's bad in our life. It's simply being intentional and getting rid of and tearing away those things that were afflicting our life in God. There are things in your life that's draining you, not filling you. There are things in your life that your spiritual life is not growing because you're still attached to something. Let me share this with you. This is powerful. 2 Chronicles 16, 9 says, For the eyes of the Lord ranges throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him. Did you get that? Isn't that powerful? That God wants to strengthen, and He sees, and He says, He says, the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth. Okay, okay everybody look up. Okay, just look up, look up. Because God's looking at you. <laughs> the eyes of the Lord... I'm searching throughout the earth to strengthen those who are committed to the Lord. What is that saying? God says, you know what? There's my child, and my child is committing himself to the Lord. And you know, he's going through some tough things right now. I'm going to strengthen him. I'm going to help him out. I'm going to do something in his heart and in his life. This is powerful. This is powerful. John 20, 21. And Jesus said to them, may peace be with you as the father sent me. Even so, I now send you. What what did that say? Sending you what? Just as Jesus came for us, we now are to do what Jesus has asked to do. We are to go out into the unknown. The great unknown. (laughs) Anybody catch that one? (laughs) The Messiah. Here's five M's. You can write this down. Five M's. The Messiah has given you and I a mission with a message to do miraculous works and to do the ministry of Jesus Christ. That is a nutshell of what God has done. He has given you these five M's to change the lives of people. Isaiah 6, 8 and 9 says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go before us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. And he said, go and tell his people. If I was to take you to Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30, it would say this. I looked for a man among them who would build a wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it, but I could find none. God is always looking for people to be used of him. That And let me rephrase that to say that God's always looking at people that God can flow through them to be vessels of honor and glory. And we have a world today of people who don't understand Jesus Christ. And we need to make disciples and we need to get into people's lives and spend time with people young and older. Who's in your life right now? What child in your life? Where can you make a difference? Who are you making a difference with? Are you just living life, getting up in the morning and just asking God to give you a good day? Is that what it comes down to? Just get up in the morning and God, give me a good day. Do you ever think maybe we need to go a little bit beyond that to say, God, I want to get up in the morning and I want to help someone else to have a good day. What a different perspective, isn't it? To live our lives to be a blessing to someone else because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. We are people who are to live a life with a mission. We have to be missional. It's so important. Before we take communion, I want to ask you a question. And I want you to be honest with this question. How many of you really want to be missional in your life with Jesus Christ? If you do, raise stand to your feet. And in this process of being missional, I want you to ask the second question. Are you willing Or answered, I should say, are you willing to do whatever your God asks you to do? Are you willing, willing to say, God, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm all in, God. I need to know what do you want me to do, how you want me to do it. I want to live my life missional. I want to live it. I don't know how many days I have left. I don't know how many years I have left. But God, in the time I have left, God, I want to put my hands to the plow. And I want to be able to share and care the gospel how many would just wave your hand before the Lord and say that's what you want to do yeah God's going to challenge you this week and this is my prayer and God hears my prayer on this on a continuous basis that you would have encounter experience where you can start to share the message of the gospel you will not let any opportunity go through your way that you would get up in the morning and you would ask God God what would you like me to do today who would you like me to speak to Lead them into my path. Lead them into my path so that I can share the love of you with them, God. This is something early in the morning. It's not about you. It's about his kingdom. It's about his work. It's about God. And we need to shift it. We need to shift. Because this is why the church is in this problem, because we're so focused about our comfort. We're so focused about how we want it, how we want it. The, we want the songs right. We want this right. We want this. We want this. It's not about us saints. It's not about us. It's about Christ. It's about His will. It's about Him. But we make it about us. And I want right now for God to just speak to your hearts. I pray, Holy Spirit, speak to your children's hearts, O oh God. The way we think, the way we act, the way we live. Father, as Paul the Apostle said, he died to himself daily. God, the symbolicness is saying that he's not living according to his wants and his wills. But Lord, he's taken the time that you have given unto them and he was all in. Even in the tough times, even in the difficult times, he was all in. God, will you help us to learn? Help us to push in. Help us, Father, that your presence of your Holy Spirit would be lavished. Those online, maybe today this message is more about believers, but maybe I'm going to share with you right now, maybe your life is not the way it's supposed to be. Maybe you're here and your life is not the way it's supposed to be, and you need help, you need help. God has not been on the throne of your heart, but you have to say, am I happy with my life the way it is? Or are you saying, I want to do it my way, and I don't care, because God will let you. God will let you, but he doesn't want it that way because the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy but God said he has come to give you life and abundantly, and there is an abundant life in God, but we have to grab hold. We have to plug into the electrical socket, plug into that socket of God to get the juice, the Holy Spirit in our lives and so it can flow through us. Connecting to God is what gives you the power to live it out in our life. All you have to do is, those here, if, you, if you're not right with the Lord, you need Jesus to say, God, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Forgive me. I've sinned. I've done it my way. I surrender my life to you, God. I surrender my life to you. And this day, this day, I give you all of me. And I ask you to come into my heart. I want to learn of you. I know you died for me on the cross. Forgave me of my sins. And this day, I commit my heart to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Oh, if you pray that prayer, I want you to let us know. If you pray that prayer here, I want you to let us know. It's a powerful prayer that transforms you. And now you enter in. He has given you the message of reconciliation well, of what you received. Go and do likewise and share this great message. Could someone say amen? Give God some praise in the house of the Lord.
0: Well, we thank you for joining us today. Let's continue to believe that God is going to do a work in all of our lives and in his church, despite our current circumstances. If you would like to support the ministry of Salem First Assembly, you can do so by mailing to 430 Route 45, Salem, New Jersey, 08079, or by visiting our website at SalemFirstAG.org. Please join us for service next Sunday at 1030 a.m., or you can watch service every Sunday afternoon on Facebook at Salem First Assembly or YouTube At Salem First AG. You can also listen to the message every Tuesday on Podbean. Have a blessed rest of your day. Let's remember to be a blessing and that life is living in faith every day.